Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's episode is a talk given by a Church of the Advent member, Dale Brown. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. So on this feast of all souls, we're gathered together to pray for those who've gone before us. We gather together as Christians in the house of God, or those on a journey, potentially, with God. Not quite sure where that journey will end up, but we're here to pray. And the question is, why are we here to pray? Why is it that we pray for those who've gone before us? And I find it always important that when we ask any question concerning faith, especially in relationship to the Christian faith, that we begin with the Word of God. And where better to start with the Word of God than in the beginning? The very beginning of the Bible. You see, the whole story of man and God and God with man begins right in Genesis. What does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how the whole story begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But what begins to happen afterwards is very important. We know that according to the Christian faith, God creates everything that there is to be seen around us, the things visible and the things invisible. We say that in the creed when we gather together for worship. Things visible and invisible, God creates them. But we find out something particular about God in creation in the book of Genesis when we continue to read in the verses following Genesis chapter 1 because we see that God creates things by speaking them into existing. God speaks a word and it happens. God says, let there be light and light happens. God speaks a word and the stars happen. God speaks the word and dry land happens. God speaks a word and animals take shape. That is the poetic language of Genesis talking about God speaking things into existence. But God just doesn't speak things into existence. God looks at those things in Genesis, we see this, and he says, you know what? This is good. Every time God creates something, he says, this is good. Every single time except for one. There's one time God creates something in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and he doesn't say it's good. It's when he takes clay out of the ground, and he forms male and female, and he breathes life into them. And you know what God says after beholding man and woman? You know what he says? This is very good. Very good. When God beholds humanity, he looks on humanity as a part of his creation. He doesn't just say this is good. He says this is very good. And that's how the whole story begins. Not as a God that's disengaged from the world. Not as a God that's somehow just forming everything and letting it go out into the world. Not as just the creator God, but the God who looks upon his creation as an artist creating this wonderful uh, beauty around him and declaring that everything that he beholds in his creation is good, including humanity, including you and I, and saying about us, though, it's not that you are just good. You are very good. 
But something happens. We know this. Something goes wrong. Shortly after creation, death enters the world through sin. Sin and death creep into God's world and begin to destroy it. This is the message of Genesis 3. This is what traditionally the church calls the fall. But I think it would be even better to think of it almost as like a vandal. It's like vandalism. When someone breaks into like a museum and smashes a piece of art, a beautiful work of art, a sculpture, or takes spray paint and sprays it over a beautiful painting, sin and death enter into the world and begin to destroy God's good creation. Sin and death enter the world and begin to not just corrupt things around us, but he begins to affect even humanity, and humanity itself begins to die. Death comes into the world as a vandal against God's good creation and begins to destroy it. Now, if we left things there, friends, if we left things there, that would be a tragedy. If we left things at that moment, which I'm afraid so many well-intentioned Christians have done for so long, that would be a horrible tragedy to end with. So many people, including I, when I was growing up, just thought, well, that's it. Death, I guess, wins. And maybe, you know, my hope is that death, you know, in death, I might fly off into heaven somewhere and be with God, but that was it, and nothing else was happening. God came us, came and made peace with death, and when I die, that's the end of the story. I'll be with him, hopefully. But that's not how the Bible continues, is it, guys? That's not how the story continues, is it? The story continues. The Bible doesn't end with God making peace with death. The Bible continues with God confronting death, God destroying death, God pursuing his creation, not willing to allow the vandals of death and sin to have the final word. No, the story of Scripture is about God having the final word. You see, death does not have the final word in this world. God does. And the great news about us as Christians, those who live on this side of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, is that we happen to know the word by which God spoke everything into existence, and we happen to know the word by which God himself conquered death. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that special passage in John chapter 1. Because you see, it's in John chapter 1 that we find out the word by which God created all things. And we find out the word by which God destroys death. For you see, John, when he writes his gospel begins the same way the book of Genesis begins. In the beginning. In the beginning. But he doesn't go on to say God created the heavens and the earth. It says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. In him was the light and the life of the world and the light of men. 
and the light shines in the darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. And skipping a little bit to verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, death does not have the final word because death wasn't the word that spoke all things into existence. God was. And God will not allow death to have the final word in his creation. He speaks again just as he did in the beginning when he created all things. And he speaks and Christ comes into the world. The word of God himself made flesh. And Christ, our God in whom we worship as Christians, enters into death, not, not being conquered by death, but as we say in the Orthodox Church, tramples down death by death. Christ enters into death, not to be a passive victim, but as a mighty warrior doing battle against death and conquering death and raising up three days later victorious over death. You see, friends, this is why we can gather together and pray for those who've gone before us. Because we know that death has been defeated. Death has died. Christ has triumphed over death. And we as Christians know that it is only a matter of time until death is swallowed up completely. <coughs> and so we gather together to pray for those who've gone before us, as people defiant against death, not making peace with death. Every one of us carry with us probably something in our hearts, someone, not something, but someone in our hearts that we've lost. Maybe it was a while ago, maybe it's still fresh. There's, a, there's probably pain, sorrow, mourn, mourning that we carry with us. There's people that we've loved that are no longer here with us today. And that mourning in our hearts, that sorrow that we carry, isn't some feeling of acquiescence to death, or it shouldn't be. But it should be a badge of defiance against death, knowing that we as Christians who believe in the resurrection from the dead will not allow death to think that it has the final word. That sorrow that we carry with us is nothing more than their memory. As they are with God, they're still with us. And we're with them. And all of us together are waiting for that day when Christ appears. And St. Paul tells us that on that day, death will be defeated, swallowed up completely, and every tear will be dried, and every heart will be mended. And every tear that's wiped away and every heart that's mended on that day will be the breaking of the back of death and sin. That's why we can say with St. Paul, O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? We can say that because we're confident that since Christ has risen from the dead, that our loved ones will rise from the dead. 
We're absolutely confident of that, guys. We cannot simply just hope that they're simply in heaven, though that's important and that's true. They're with Christ now. All that have gone before us are with Christ. But the ultimate goal isn't that the soul remains apart from the body, but that the soul and body come back together as a part of God's very good creation, which he had from the beginning. When the grave has to let go of the body by which it grasped. And it has to come to the realization that it will hold no one ever again. You see, death has been grasping at bodies since the beginning, since the fall. And hell and the grave has been grasping at these bodies over and over and over again, pulling at them. Until, as St. John Chrysostom says in the great Paschal homily, that there was one corpse of which hell reached up to grab, and it met face to face God himself. And when it thought that it was going to pull down one more body, it was actually God reaching down and pulling everybody up. Hell grasped a corpse and met God when Christ died on the cross. And we, brothers and sisters, have to be defiant, never making peace with death, never allowing our hearts to grow cold towards those we've lost, but keeping them close here, knowing that they're close to the heart of God right now. And every time we gather for the Holy Eucharist, every time we gather for prayer, we know that we are joining their voices with all the angels and archangels of heaven, approaching the same God who knows their name and our name, the same God who spoke all things into existence, the same God who conquered death. So as we go to prayer in a little while, and we remember the names of our loved ones, as every name is spoken out loud, let us know that that is the church joining with all of us and speaking defiantly against death itself, that Christ has died for those who we pray for. And death, no, you do not have the final say over their lives. Our God does. And there's no greater place to be than on the side of God. To the glory of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And we all say, Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.